Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Yes, uh, so... Today, putting together a sermon and listening to what God has to say, you know, the mindset was geared towards our graduates and kind of giving them a, a push forward in life, but you know, the word doesn't apply only to them, right? The word is for everybody. So what we're going to talk about, though it was geared towards them, is for us as well. So when we're thinking about that, uh, I was uh, asking, uh, the question became, uh, where to from here? Where to from here? What is it? that you have for us, God, where to from here? And uh, Andy Stanley said this, uh, many people are what you might call directionally challenged. They don't know where they're going. They haven't a goal. They just wander through life expecting everything will turn out all right. So if we're asking uh, where to from here and people are directionally challenged, where exactly are they going to get their directions to make sure they're trying to get to where they're trying to get to? And, uh, you know, I've... Over time, I, I've known people. Uh, I, I find out more and more as I'm getting older that I'm becoming slightly more type A. Uh, but I know some people that are not that way, that are just easy come, easy go, that they don't need exact directions. Give me a general idea of where we're going, and I'm just fine. Uh, God bless Pastor Hannah. I don't know how she does it. She just ends up on a beach and is just happy as can be. I need to know what time we're leaving, how we're going to get there, and when we're, when we're leaving there, because I'm not a big beach person, I burn easily, as you can tell. So uh, directions for me are, are, are kind of important. Uh, I like to know the exact directions on where we're going and how we're going to get there. Uh, I know that anytime I go to a large city or somewhere that's very populated that I don't know, I, I, I like to have exact directions. Uh, my wife and I went... Uh, a couple months ago for a conference down in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, trying to get just, could be much easier, it's just straight down 95, and then you have to get off of 95, that's when it got interesting. Why there have to be so many one-way streets, I don't know, and why they can't make bigger signs that say one way, I don't know. It's just, don't they understand people visit them? I just think it's inconsiderate. But we were going there. And we're using our phone, and we're trying to make the right turns, and this turn, and that turn. Let me just go and tell you, when it says make a turn in 0.8 miles, okay, I don't know how far away 0.8 is when I'm driving, okay? If somebody's in front of me, it might take me longer to get there or whatever, you know. Look, I even struggle when it says turn in 500 feet at this left. I'm looking at the exact next turn thinking, that's got to be it, right? No, 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 the next one. I struggle every time. And let's just say that on those trips... I'm not the easiest person to deal with, especially when we miss a turn and now we're having to do a lap down a one-way street, come back to find this hotel. You can see the hotel. You can see it. It's unbelievable. No, but we, we did that, and thank God for our fancy smartphones. You know, it, and I've come to really appreciate them so much when we have these, these phones and we can just, you know, type in where we're trying to go, pull up maps, type in where we're going, and, and it'll tell us every turn to make. Even if it feels like it's too late, it'll still tell us the turns. Mine does it with an Australian accent. It's kind of weird. Okay? We, we use those phones so much to make sure we're getting to where we're getting to. We use it for everything now. I, I, 
our teenagers, when we see them, I have, I have a 12-year-old at home who's as excited as can be that he now has an iPhone, but he has to share it with his 10-year-old brother because it's only for emergencies. You're not using it for everything. But every time I turn around, my 10-year-old's got it in his hand, and he's like, what does this do? I'm like, put it down. It's a phone. But no, it's his lifeblood now, and it's, real, it's really scary. I've, I've doomed him forever, and I apologize. But uh, I, thinking about this and thinking about using our phones to do so much, I was thinking about how Generation Z, one of our uh, college students came up to me and was explaining to me that their generation is one of the first generations that have never not had a smartphone. Their entire life, there has been a smartphone available and ready to them at all times, so they're just used to it. And now, <laughs> if you take their phone away from them, sometimes they don't know how to operate without it. You can always tell when there's a grounded kid showing up at B3. They look like they're just, they don't know what to do because their phone's not with them. But uh, I remember a time, a long time ago, when I was uh, too poor to afford a smartphone. Uh, actually, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, I still don't know how I have one today. But we used to use a thing called MapQuest. Anybody ever use MapQuest? Okay, yeah. I heard the grumble. <laughs> MapQuest was a, a, a fun, wasn't it? You go on the computer, you type in where you're trying to go, you, you type in where you're leaving from, and you, you put all that in, and then you, you print out the turn-by-turn instructions. So now you've got the, the instructions with you in the car, and it's telling you exactly where to turn, but it's not telling you audibly. You're hoping that your navigator beside you, or if you're by yourself, you can somehow man- manage to drive while focusing on the road, the other drivers, you're now having to read this sheet of paper and stare at your odometer to figure out to make sure you're going just enough far. Because when it says turn and 0.8 miles, you've got to turn and 0.8 miles. But if you don't know where that street is and this street is and you're brand new to this situation, MapQuest was hectic. Uh, I remember one time we, we had to use MapQuest to get from uh, North Carolina to my dad's house in Massachusetts. And we had to go through New York City. <laughs> Whoa, I felt that right there. <laughs> we had to use it to get through there. And I, I don't believe MapQuest actually talks to the people that are getting this done. Now, see, Wednesday night we took a group of kids to Goldsboro. We went to Stony Creek Church for an event, and uh, JR's phone was so sophisticated. He was even telling us when cars were on the side of the road to watch out for them. MapQuest will not tell you anything but where the road is. It does not tell you if there's an hour in traffic ahead of you or anything. And you just got to deal with it. But uh, it, MapQuest was a lot of fun. It, it got us through uh, sometimes. Um, but then even before that, I can remember, do you guys remember the big foldable maps you would have in your car? Those things would fold down to the size of a napkin, but what you unfolded, it took up your whole windshield. Okay? We would use those. Now, I thought that was the neatest thing when I was a kid because you tried to figure out how you were going to get from here to there. Or when you pull over at a rest stop, you, I still catch our teenagers going in there asking what this is when, on the wall. This giant map of North Carolina showing, oh, yeah, that's fancy. Good job, guys. And so they have it going all the way across there trying to figure out how you're going to get from A to B, the fastest routes. But, again, it doesn't show you everything you're going to encounter along the way. It just gives you a general idea of where you're headed. And... Uh, it, it's, you know, you're looking at that, trying to figure out exactly the fastest route and uh, thinking about where to from here. I'm hoping that uh, we are not people that are happy and content to just stay exactly where we are. I hope that we are uh, a people that are trying to grow in the Lord and trying to go forward and do new things for him. 
I, I hope that we're not just content to sit in a pew because that pew doesn't care if you're there or not. But God wants you to do something for him. But how do we get to the point where we understand where we are to where he's trying to lead us to go? Now, so often when uh, we're willing to step forward and do something for the Lord, or it may be just me, my type A personality, uh, we, we kind of want to know, okay, God, I'm willing to go do things for you. What exactly do you want me to do, and what will I encounter along the way? I mean, that's a fair, those are fair questions, right? What is it you want done, and what am I going to have to go through to get there? But you ever notice that God's not really into answering those questions? He's not really into exact instructions. He's not really into uh, telling you exactly what you're going to encounter. Uh, I, I was reading in uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, uh, where God calls Abram. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who you bless and curse who curses you. That's the one, yeah. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be a blessing through you. Now, a lot of us uh, know this story of Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham. God is calling him, and he's saying, go. Now, there was no exact instructions involved in there, but he's saying, if you will go and you will trust me, I will bless you. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes that's hard to have that level of faith when you're told to just go. I hear about people all the time that are called to the missions field and they sell everything they've got and they're moving to a country they've never been to and they're just going to go and do whatever the Lord tells them to do. I would need an audible voice. I'm just being honest with you. I, I'm not sure I have that level of faith yet. I know that God is really teaching me and helping me to grow, but my goodness, I know when he says, when Pastor Jeff says, you have to preach, I spend three weeks agonizing, Lord, what do you need? What do you need? What am I supposed to say? And that the idea of picking up everything and just going would just tear my nerves up. But we know that through this, because Abraham was faithful, God did bless him. And through him, so many things occurred. Uh, skipping down further into the Bible, we actually get to Numbers. Uh, in Numbers 9, it talks about how the Lord was with the people of Israel, the people of Israel being brought out of slavery and on their way to the promised land. So they're in between where they're leaving and where they're headed to. They're in between there, and the God is with them. He's as a cloud by day and a fire by night. Uh, in verse 17, it says, Whenever the cloud lifted above, uh, from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites camped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. At his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and, um, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed uh, only from evening till morning, and when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whether the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in the camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. And I love this. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order. See, they, they did not have exact instructions. They just knew that the place they were in was not the place they wanted to stay. They knew where he said he, they were getting taken to 
but they did not know what was going to encounter along the way. Obviously, we, in reading the story of how the Israelites were supposed to take a trip that was only supposed to take a few days, and it took 40 years because of their own disobedience and things that occurred, but they knew that they were going that way. Was it easy? Absolutely not. But God took them, and they had the best instructions possible. If you see the cloud or the fire, stay there. But if it moves, follow where it's going, and when it stops, you stop. It's pretty good instructions, right? You wish we had that today? How many people would get freaked out driving by our church to get a pillar of fire? Man. But uh, they did that. They didn't have the exact instructions, but they were willing to follow uh, what God was doing, and because of that, they, you know, those who were obedient, basically Caleb and Joshua and the generation behind them, they were able to get into that promised land. Now, uh, in the second service, this I know it's really hard to see, but in the second service, we're actually uh, giving out these tiny little compasses. We're giving out these tiny little compasses to them uh, as a reminder. Uh, a compass obviously does not give turn-by-turn instructions, right? It only tells you where north is, and from that, you're supposed to be able to deduce everything else. You're supposed to be able to understand where, if you're headed, if you're supposed to be going east, and you figure out where north is, and you can figure out where east is, and you can go, and you can make it there, right? So we know that that's what it's for. Uh, we're giving these to the graduates, this little small token on top of what they're getting. But this small token is just a reminder. And we're going to ask them, when you see this, don't look at it as just north. Replace north mentally and put God there. If you would replace north and put God there, then the question will be, it's not necessarily where are we headed, but you should be asking yourself, where's the Lord? Because that's where I should be headed. These graduates are, are, are making some big steps forward. Some of them are leaving their parents' house for the first time, and they're getting really excited about it. And I understand why. They're thinking they're going to get to spread their wings, uh, but as we learned, didn't we, Caleb, that leaving your parents' house isn't the most easiest thing in the world, right? Yeah, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. You think it's a lot of fun, and then responsibilities and problems and situations arise, and it's not as much fun when your parents aren't there to help you through it. But if you're willing to turn and ask, where's the Lord, where's his spirits, the things are okay. Things can become all right. Because as long as you're following where he's directing, that he can take care of so much. And, and I think that is taken for granted uh, by a lot. Uh, myself at points, it is taken for granted. I just assume the Lord's going to take care of it. I, I guess at points, as Andy Stanley said, I'm directionally challenged. I'm just hoping it'll all work out. And instead, I should ask more often, where is God and where is he leading? And I pray that our graduates and even those who are here today, that we ask ourselves that. I know that uh, our, our work situations, our family situations are all, they can seem dire at points and confusing. and We don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, I, it's amazing, I, I spend a lot of time with teenagers, but it's amazing how more often I'm, I'm coming out of the corner and not just talking to the teenagers, but also the adults. Uh, it's amazing how even adults sometimes don't have it all figured out, and they're even wondering, what am I supposed to do, where am I supposed to go? So the same concept applies that we should be asking, not what am I supposed to do, how am I supposed to get there, but where is God in this situation? And I just, I pray that we, we don't take that for granted. Uh, Pastor Kevin, if you would come up. Uh, now, as I said in the beginning, 
hopefully we are not all going to stay exactly where we are. I know that uh, once the second service is over, I will not stay in this room because I'm heading down the hall because there will be meadows and I am hungry. Okay, so I'm willing to go that far because I want to get fed. But how far are we willing to go if God is calling us to do something? How far are we willing to go to exemplify his name, to tell Jesus' name to someone who's in desperate need of it? How far are we willing to go? Are we worried about the obstacles that will be there along the way? Are we willing to persevere and go through everything that we have to go through to ensure that those people that are around us, that they receive Jesus? Are we willing to go that far to ensure that we receive all the Jesus that we're supposed to get? You know that I can remember that day that I got saved was not where I was supposed to stop. Praise God that when I got saved, I ensured that my name is in the land books of life and I'm going to go to heaven. But now every step forward that I take is supposed to be me getting more and more of God so therefore I can give more and more to those around me. My desperate fear all the time is that uh, the teenagers that I work with are going to die and go to hell. My desperate fear. They'll, they'll put on a good face when I'm around. And they act a certain way when I'm there. But I, I hear stories about how some of them act when I'm not there to annoy them. And I will annoy them into heaven if I have to. So I, the question is not necessarily always where are we headed, but where is the Lord? And that's not something we can ask Siri for. That's not something we can look for online. That's something that we have to look into the book. That is the Bible. That is something we have to seek in prayer and praise and worship and listening to where the Holy Spirit is leading. So I would ask that mentally we would all take these compasses in our life, and I wish I had one to give to all of you. And we would replace north with God. Every day we wake up, we would look at it and we would ask, Where are you? Where are you leading? What would you like done today? I know that we've all got things we have to do every single day. But how often in the midst of our jobs, our kids, the fun that we try to have at points, where in the midst of that are we asking God, where are you and what do you want done? Would you stand with me? you would bow your heads with me. If we would ask ourselves today, where's the Lord and where is he leading? It doesn't necessarily come with the exact instructions. And just because we are Christians and we are serving and following the Lord does not mean that life is going to be easy. But I know according to what the word says and what I've experienced with the Lord myself, that though there are bumps in the road, if I am faithful and I follow him, that I avoid headache, I avoid heartache, I avoid sin. And the Lord just blesses. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, the question is, where to from here? Today, if you do not know the Lord as your personal savior, Where to from here is not a great outcome. But that can be easily rectified. The Bible talks about that if we just ask Him 
into our hearts. Ask Him to be our Savior. Ask Him for forgiveness of sin. And we mean it. And we mean it from our hearts. That simple step of just asking Him means that we are saved. So today, if you were asking where to from here and He is not your Lord and Savior, I would strongly suggest that today you ask Him into your heart. Do not put it off because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Take it serious and ask Him in today. If there's anyone here that needs to do that today, I, I would ask that you just, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, that you would just raise your hand up so we know that we pray for you. For those who already know Him as Lord and Savior, question still applies where to from here I pray that we are not complacent I pray that we are not comfortable that though we've been saved for many years there's still room to grow there's still places to go for him still lives that need to be saved because we hear all the time at FaceTime praise God for it there are many 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 souls that are still out here 3,000 within 5 miles of this church that are dying and on their way to hell so I'd ask where to from here I, I would ask that we pray and ask God where do you need us to go what do you need us to say so we're going to close out with prayer but we're going to open this altar to anyone who needs special prayer for guidance or just the situation that you're going through if you will come up here Pastor Jeff and I will be here but Father I give you thanks I give you thanks that no matter what we're experiencing, no matter how dire things can be at points, God, we can always turn to you. And God, though your instructions may not be word for word explaining exactly what we will encounter and how to overcome it, God, your word is still there saying, trust me and I will carry you through. God, your grace is sufficient. Your strength is beyond what we need. God, I pray that you will touch this congregation. God, I pray as they are leaving here today, God, as they are heading to families, uh, Lord, to see family members, to see friends, to head back to work tomorrow, I pray, God, that you would strengthen them and build them up. I pray, God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them even more, that they would be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that they would be sensitive to the words of the Holy Spirit as he is directing them towards people who are dying and struggling, that they would go forward and they would speak your name to those who need to hear it, that they would speak it with boldness and courage, and that they would listen to you as to where you are leading next. And God, if we are obedient and willing to do that, lives around us are going to be changed. Our life is going to be changed. And God, we are going to be giving you the glory because of it. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. And I pray that we will worship you throughout this day and this week. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. As you guys are headed out, the altar is still open for those who need.